And welcome back to some of the Cooler Jets podcast for us, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Apologies for the voice. Michael and I were both at last night's game. And Michael, great Jets win, last second punt return, 1-0 in the division and 1-0 in the season. So great start to the year. I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about, about things? I'm feeling really good. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of hype going into this game. And you and I were both there. And you could tell by our voices. We were screaming our heads off the whole time. The crowd was into it. It was everything I ever dreamed of from a MetLife crowd. I mean, it was packed. The energy was crazy, and, and they delivered. I mean, a comeback win at home in overtime over the Bills. I mean, it hardly gets any better than that. And there were so many positives to take away, I mean, from obviously Gibson's punt return being the highlight, but I thought Jeremy Ruckert's blocking was really good. I thought AVT was really good in this game. So, I mean, how about, how about, so how about that Garrett Wilson catch? I mean, I, we were in the opposite end zone, so I didn't have the greatest view of it. But I, I recognized right away that he caught it on the ground and it was stunning. Then we saw the replay and I really was able to appreciate like, wow, that was crazy. So, right. I mean, we, we yeah, should probably I mean, it, it's hard to start off a season much better than this. So, I mean. We talked about the tough no, schedule going into the bye week, and this was maybe you know the toughest game among those first six. I mean, Kansas City's in that discussion, depending on if Kelsey's available. But um, yeah, to win this game gives you that confidence that you could take any of those. And I think we have to talk about the biggest story, Brees Hall's return. I mean, 10 carries, had him on a limited snap count, but he looked like the Brees Hall of old. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, on, on the one long run, it did seem like he ran out of gas a little shape. bit at the end. But, you know, to be to be expected, it's, he's still on that pitch count. Um, I think he'll be able to finish those off a little bit better in, you know, as he is, gets more reps under his belt. But still, I think you could see the explosiveness was definitely still 100% there in terms of, like, you know, how quickly he comes out of his cuts and how he's able to get from you know first gear to second gear i think that was still there uh, and then this you know his top speed on there was still really good it's just you know at the end kind of ran out of gas but i think you know this is a guy who just got back to practice a few weeks ago first real game in almost a year or so to be expected but in spite of that to still run for i think he had the second most rushing yards in the league this week and he had, didn't even have the most carries on his team i mean he looked fantastic, and I got to give Cook some credit. I think the you know duo, as you know, as a pairing, it really looked like something that the Jets can lean on going forward throughout the season. So I I was impressed with Brees and his return, uh, and just the the running game overall. I thought was something to be optimistic about. Yeah, another guy that definitely deserves a lot of credit is Jordan Whitehead, who got a lot of criticism sure. last year, but three interceptions, and you know he was flying around making plays all night. The defense as a whole dominated Josh Allen cannot figure out Robert Sala's defense. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was just, a, it was a great night, great start to the season was so glad to be there. And what, when do we talk about it? We're going to, we're going to drop the stick. It was, I mean, I'm still disappointed. That the <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping we were just going to go. You're, the entire still, you're still in the hotel. I, I hear some honking yeah. outside the window. Yeah. We're still in the so, city. I mean, no, but I, we do have to talk about those end zones and how they're not fully painted <laughs> in. It is, it's a little frustrating, but I, I, the green paint, it's, it's, you don't really notice it too much, but it is, it's, it, it's slightly off-putting, you know, so I wish it was fully painted in. But other than that, I thought the uniforms looked great. 
Uh, I love Salah's energy, <laughs> you know, on Garrett's touchdown, running over immediately. And then he was the second guy to get to Gibson. Lazard was there first, and then Salah. So I love that. So, uh, so yeah, the end zone paint, a little disappointing. But other than that, I mean, like, how could you start a season off any better? It was just, I'm so glad we were able to be at that game. You know, the most insulting part of the whole thing was at halftime. Oh, I dropped it. At halftime. When they had like the opener for Billy Joel or whatever, and he's playing, he's playing "Dream On" uh, to the entire soulless MetLife crowd, and they're playing, they're showing like images of Rogers in a Jets jersey, throwing to Garrett Wilson in the preseason. I'm like, can you guys just read the room? And obviously, you know, I, we were going to try to do that stick the entire pod, but I, I think it's impossible. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to have a, a mopey therapy session pod. I'm sure yeah. there's enough of that. I'm sure you've all heard that plenty of that by now. Uh, it's just, I, um, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be, we're going to have a lot of ambient noise for this podcast. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like adds it. to the, the New York City feel. Um, I don't even know what to say. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Just, I mean, I, I guess as a Jets fan, you kind of are always expecting something to go wrong. Like it did feel too good to be true. And that moment of him, oh, sorry, the sirens are just very distracting. That's sorry, that's Rogers getting his ride to the hospital right now. That moment where he ran out of the tunnel and the whole crowd is going crazy and the lights are off and the, the green wristbands are flashing and he's got the American flag. And I almost started crying. I was just like, wow. I was getting chill. I was getting chill. We're finally it, here. We've waited for this for so long. They haven't been to the playoffs since I was 10 years old, for God's sakes. And just what a special moment. We're here anniversary of 9-11 just the excitement the atmosphere of that stadium and just for it to end in like fourth play didn't even complete a pass I did not like it and this is completely unreasonable but I was I was not happy when they announced Vinny Testaverde as the honorary captain I was like well, could you chose somebody else from that team because that was the image that I just kept seeing all summer I was like you know I was watching Hard Knocks with my parents. My mom was like, oh, you guys must be so excited for this year. This is just the most exciting time to ever be a Jets fan. I was like, I'm trying to temper expectations. Like, I've just seen too many things go wrong. I wasn't even alive, but I literally brought it up. I was like, you know, Vinny, the Jets were Super Bowl favorites, and Vinny Testaverde pops his Achilles on the third play from scrimmage. Like, you just never know what can happen. It's so hard to win in this league, and it's just – especially when you're a cursed franchise. And for things to go the way they did – you know, the the only positive and, you know, I'm not sure how long this podcast is going to be. We prepared absolutely nothing, you know, but uh, the only positive I can say is that Robert Sala, this team and Zach Wilson deserve a lot of credit for pulling that game out. I think you saw the character of that team. And the depressing part is, is you see that, yeah, you add Aaron Rodgers to that team with this coaching and, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders. There's, there's no mo- bones about it. And, Without Rodgers, that hope definitely takes a drastic turn, and now the goals shift for the season. And, you know, I still think with this defense and you see this running game, playoffs are still in the picture. Some people might roll their eyes at that. But with this team, you really felt like this, the Jets were one of those five, six teams that had a realistic chance to win the Super Bowl, and that dream, unfortunately, is, is dead and just heartbreaking. I mean, there's just – I would argue there's not a more cursed franchise – than this team. Michael, I, I kept looking over at you. 
during the game. And at one time you just had your eyes closed and you just were like looking up to the skies. Another time you just had like a thousand mile stare. Um, I'll turn it over to you. I know yeah. we don't want to be mopey on this podcast, but can you just walk us through through your night? Yeah, I mean, that was me for most of this game. I was just staring blankly into into space. I was not getting into it on the third downs or really cheering for much of anything. Hey, you're sitting. <laughs> I was just staring. I was staring at that tunnel, just waiting, praying that Aaron Rodgers would pull a Willis Reed and just walk out of there at some <laughs> point. Uh, obviously, obviously it never happened, but... I mean, one, like once the game got down to it in the fourth quarter, and I realized, and I think this was kind of the crowd as a whole too, I think we all kind of realized, like, wait a minute, we could still win this game. Uh, and then I think fourth quarter, the energy kind of came back, especially when, you know, they started forcing a couple turnovers. They finally got the one touchdown drive going. Um, then I was fully back into it, and I was like, you know what, let's forget about that for just a few minutes here. Let's win this football game, talk about that later. Um, and, and so the end of the game, the energy was back in the building and it was crazy. It was as loud as by far the loudest oh, of any game I've been to. The pump turned right at us. Was, yeah, it was right at us. And was, so we were feeling all that energy. And I think it's, again, I haven't been to every game in my life, but I think it's the loudest game. Oh, definitely. Jets game in my life history for sure. Yes. I mean, just listen to those crowd pops on the highlights. It's insane. It sounded like a college game. Yeah. And that's college environment. Yeah. And that's with Rogers going down with like what? 12 minutes. Exactly. I mean, first. the opening defensive drive and, like, that first run by Brees was just, like, it was bonkers in there. So all the credit to the Jets fans who showed up. This is everything I've ever dreamed a Jets crowd could be because I've been to games the past few years, and I've just wondered, like, man, like, imagine if this place was full, if this team was good, and everyone was into it, how loud it could be in here. And they never really tapped into that potential, but they finally did in this game, and I hope that throughout the season we can keep that going. Um, you know, even without Aaron Rodgers. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say that I don't think hasn't been said before. It's just – I mean, what can you say? It sucks. But this is the reality, and you got to work with the hand that you've been dealt and try to make the best of it. So this is where we're at. We're 1-0, and we'll take it from here and just, you know, hope for the best. Uh, again, like I, I haven't posted anything yet. I haven't done an <laughs> article or a tweet yet. I've been too busy flying at, like, five in the morning trying to get back here after the game. I think I slept like three hours. So haven't been able to process the thoughts too much or put anything articulate or, you know, too elaborate out there. So it's, it, it just hurts. And it's, it's, it's hard to believe, but at the same time, it's pretty easy to believe because it just feels like this type of thing is always what happens to the jets. But, um, you know, maybe it's the start of a different story, not the story we expected, but, one that could be equally as magical. Maybe it transpires this year, maybe a year in the future, but um, I think there's still reason to believe that this team is headed in the right direction with the pieces that they have on both sides of the ball with the front office, the coaching staff in place. There's All that is still there. Uh, so they're still trending towards, I believe they are, you know, building that established culture of being a team that is competitive and, plays entertaining football and puts themselves in that position to compete every year. And obviously, hopefully they figure out quarterback at some point, but um, for now, I'm just going to focus on that one and oh in the standings and just, you know, hope for the best week by week with this team and see what they can do. 
Yeah, I mean, we don't want to speculate. I think some people on Twitter were talking about the future with Rodgers. Well, we haven't heard anything from him. I, I, I don't know how much it's worth, but I, I do think he comes back from this. I do think he, he comes and plays in 2024. We'll see. You know, he is going to be 40, trying to recover from it. I do think it's minor, but I do think it makes a difference that it's his left Achilles and not his right Achilles because it's his plant foot and not, not the one he rotates on. And, you know, I, I was even listening to him. Part of the reason he's changed his throwing motion over the years is because he's had a lot of, like, left knee injuries and it was to take pressure off that left knee. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think either way it's devastating. It's it's heartbreaking. But like you said, everything that, you know, minus Rodgers, that, that had you optimistic about the direction that this franchise was going and with this coaching staff, the front office, and the team that they built is still in place. And so, you know, the Jets are in the right hands. It's just in order to win a Super Bowl, you just need everything to go your way. And it sucks that it happened this early, but it could have happened any week could have happened in the playoffs, you know, unless you win it, the season's always going to end in heartbreak. And it, it does feel like, you know, I'm trying to fight this feeling of like, oh, the Jets season's over. And I have to remember, it's like, hey, they went to back-to-back AFC championships with the formula that they're about to enact. Young quarterback, yeah. dominant defense, great run game. You know, Saul and Hackett were in Jacksonville when, when they went to the AFC championship with Blake Bortles and yeah, that defense. Exactly. And so I think – you know, if the goalposts shift on, shifted on what a successful season is, I would say so. I think, you know, with Rodgers, this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. And, and without him, I think this is a team that can still compete for a playoff spot. And, you know, I do think Zach will be better than he was last year. I think he deserves a lot of credit for going into that environment, pulling out the win, even though it wasn't like he was great or anything. And clearly the Jets are still scared to let him throw the ball, afraid of, for him to make that mistake. But I think it'll be helpful for him to have – Hopefully Rodgers in that QB room on the sideline being a pseudo offensive coordinator, QB coach. I do think that'll have an impact on him. We'll see what type of move they make. I th- I do think they'll bring in some sort of veteran, but it'll be Zach Wilson's team up until at least the bye. I think that's the the time where you could switch to somebody you brought in. You know, if you did sign a Carson Wentz or a trader for a Jacoby Brissett or a Gardner Minshew or a Cooper Rush. I think they'll bring in somebody. They got our guy Boyle. How about that? How, how insane would that story be if Tim Boyle takes over after he was all-time podcast guest? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking. I woke up this morning. I mean, I think last night I was able to kind of compartmentalize. I was like, it's just an ankle sprain. Like, I wasn't looking at Twitter, and I got I got fully back into that game. And then as we were walking out of the stadium – I was completely rationalizing. I was saying to Michael, I was like, okay, well, if the off season was like our regular season, we definitely won that. And then this game was like our Super Bowl. And, you know, it was a great year, you know, because the last six, seven, eight months of being a Jets fan have been honestly the best time of, of being a Jets fan in my entire life. As sad as that is to say, um, it's been, it's, it's been awesome. The, you know, in the anticipation and excitement, it, it's devastating that I stand like this, but I do believe that Rogers gives it another go in 2024 you know, we'll see how he is coming off an Achilles. He is already – he's an older quarterback, so it's not like he's a running back trying to come back from that injury. But, you know, I, I do believe they'll still have the pieces in place next year, whether it's Rodgers or if they have to go out and make a, a move next offseason again. Or, hey, if, if Zach Wilson is able to take some strides this season where you feel, you know, confident in giving him a, a fourth year, this is still a team that that is on the cusp of, of relevancy and – I do think that the season is not over. You know, this defense is going to have them in every single game this year. And it's just how many points can Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson, you know, put up. But this defense, I believe, is the best in the league. And it's just like, you know, I, there were Jets fans that were leaving the game in front of me. I don't blame them. 
with like 13 minutes to go and we're down a touchdown. And I think it's just because with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, this is our experience at times last year. It's like you can be down six points, but it feels like you're down 20 because they just don't have the confidence yeah. in him. Yeah. Um, but I will say I like the strides that you saw from him preseason. I think last night was a big step, even though it wasn't like he threw down the field all that much. I think you just you buy into Zach and you just hope that this offensive line and the rest of the playmakers can stay healthy and that this running game can carry him. And who knows, you know, maybe he can make some strides to at least competent level quarterback play that, that they can survive on. Um, what did you make of, of Zach Wilson's performance? I guess we'll start there. I don't know how long we're going to do today. My voice is shot and we're still just reeling from whatever the hell we just watched. But let's go through some different units, get out of here. We'll do another podcast towards the end of the week talking about Dallas. Um, but what did you make of, of Zach's game uh, yeah, last night? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the realistic hope is that he can be that competent quarterback, like you said, because, you know, as much as we want to see him tap into that ceiling that he had when he was drafted second overall, it's it's just too far out of reach from what he showed so far to truly believe in that. And, you know, maybe there is still a non-zero chance he can touch that at some point. But for now, I think the realistic bar is competency. And that's what I think was promising about his preseason was that it wasn't flashy in any way but it he did show the type of things that make you think okay this guy can hang in there manage a game and let the defense win a game for the team instead of some of the games we saw last year most uh you know most namely the two new england games where you know despite the defense dominating he's doing things that held the team back so much that they couldn't win because of the defense but i think in this game, you know, outside of a bad interception, it was definitely a it was a pretty bad interception. As one of the worst he's probably thrown. I don't really know what he was seeing on that one. But outside of that, to his credit, you know, he protected the ball outside of that. I think he made most of the easy throws that were there. Uh, and it was, you know, not, not anything close to great. Maybe not even average, but it wasn't atrocious. And in this game, with the defense playing the way they were playing, that was enough to get the job done. And I think there were multiple games last year where it would have gotten the job done to the point where you had two wins against the Patriots. Now you're a wild card team. So I think that expectation of being a potential playoff team is still there as long as he can be that type of quarterback who doesn't have any multi turnover games. I think that's a key one turnover you can live with like we, like he showed in this game. Um, But once you get into the multiple turnovers, that's when you're going to start running into trouble when, you're not a quarterback who's going to be explosive enough to make up for that. Like a Josh Allen can at times make up for that because he's so explosive in other ways. But um, a guy like Zach hasn't shown yet that he can make those mistakes and overcome it. So I think avoiding multi-turnover games will be big. Uh, And just hitting those easy throws and not missing layups, which in this game I think for the most part, he, he did a nice job of that, and it wasn't always pretty. You know, there was pressure. He was, you know, still some other issues. He was holding the ball too long, still extending plays probably longer than he should have, maybe a little late on some throws, so plenty of stuff to Ball placement wasn't, wasn't perfect on that guarantee. <laughs> well, it wasn't perfect, but I think I think it was, you know, it, it was a really good play by Tredavious White. I mean, 99 times out of 100, that's a great pass deflection. But Garrett Wilson is is one out of a hundred, so I mean uh, he put it in. You can say it was a bad throw. I mean he gave him a chance, I guess. I, I don't think it was bad. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like definitely wasn't ideal. It should have been 
you know, closer to the pylon. It was a little further, too far inside. But I thought the, you know, the elevation on it and the timing was pretty good. Is, so is, it, it was, it was like a thirty seventy ball. I will say when, it, say when we start with fifty fifty. I guess that's that's true. So, Pro- no, I think I was a ten ninety ball. Garrett Wilson's just absurd. A ten. Oh, that's true. I did just. What, who, what other what other receivers making that catch? Have you ever seen a catch like that in your life on a fade? But I think sometimes you'll see quarterbacks miss that throw in, entirely. Like yeah, but we're talking. There were a couple fades last year that weren't even inbounds. So like he gave him a chance. Yeah, I'm saying okay. I mean, it definitely wasn't. It wasn't a zero hundred ball, but it was it was ten ninety. That's fair. Um, I think I think the thing that was really concerning. You know, the thing that was really concerning, and I was just like, oh, no, oh, no, is when he starts running like 25 yards behind the line of scrimmage, you know, clearly has the athleticism to get away from guys. But, you know, there's still some of that has to make a play pressure that he feels. I do believe that I think Hackett is going to be a better fit for him than the floor. He seems to be um, more comfortable. Things doesn't seem, you know, at least from when you listen to him now preseason and training camp as the second string QB and doesn't have the expectations that he did last year completely different scenario but the way he's talked about his head going into games this year versus last year you know in the limited times we've seen him so far he seems a lot clearer he seems uh to like the direction that this coaching staff is is going in and i think he's focusing less on trying to be perfect or make the big play because you see with this defense that they they'll have him in every single game i think his best play i think his best play was actually the throw to garrett before that touchdown, uh, where he hit him yeah. on like a third down, I think. You know, the other impressive one was the, the, the hook shot to, to Lazard, where he was getting brought down, and yeah. that's where you see, just see some of that that freakiness. But you'd like to see him be a little bit more um, consistent. I will say this is a great Bills defense, and it's one that hey Rogers was holding onto the ball. That's the reason he got hurt. Um, I saw that report about Rogers and like the cut blocks or whatever that the Jets were doing. It's like, I, I think that's that's bullshit. Ridiculous. First of all, I, I think like, oh, he got injured. Let's make up a story. Yeah. that you know tries to reveal why it happened. Like, please just stop. There are two things that you I think that's ridiculous. People will just want to point the finger and blame somebody. I think Rogers is going to kick himself for not just throwing it to Wilson immediately. It was very uncharacteristic of him. But he also talked about like, look, there's going to be butterflies at the beginning of this game. I don't blame him. You know, as soon as he gets the completion and he gets he gets going. Um, you know, that's when those things tend to fade. He didn't even get a, a single one. There's the discussion about turf versus grass. You know, I, I would side with the players in this one. I do think that it's more likely for your, your cleat to get caught in, in turf than it is to get caught in grass. But J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles yesterday on a grass field. Kevin Durant tore it on a basketball court. I mean, this thing could have happened anywhere. <laughs> Plenty of other teams have turf as well. But I do think – I, I do understand the players' frustration, especially after it was just dumping rain on that field an hour before kickoff. And every tackle, every cut, it just does look a little rough to play on turf. So I'll, I'll side with the players on that one. But again, I think it's just one of those freak things. It's, if it's anybody's fault, it's Rogers for not getting rid of that ball. But it's just you want to look for, for somebody to point the finger at, but it's just – you know, there's nobody. You can point the middle finger. It's just a random occurrence. There's no, no yeah. finger pointing. On that type of thing. And even I think, you know, some people were talking about like, oh, the Jets should have upgraded the offensive line more. And now that contributed to the injury. I think like, yes, they, we've said this plenty that they could have done more for the offensive line. But I don't, I don't think that has, has much to do with, you know, injuries to quarterbacks, because even if you have a great offensive line, 
you're going to get hit dozens and dozens and dozens of times throughout the yeah. year. Every quarterback's going to get hit, even if you're protected well. If anything, you know, if you have a better offensive line, you might hold the ball longer and have more longer developing dropbacks and get hit on some of those types of plays. So everyone's getting hit. And obviously it's, you know, ideally less frequently if you have a good offensive line, but I don't like I don't think that causes injuries. Like maybe the risk is a little bit higher, but at the end of the day it's a free thing that's just going to happen randomly when it decides to happen and there's there's really no finger pointing with injuries i think what did you think of the uh the personnel usage i mean i, I don't know how much of this offense i think it would have looked a lot different with rogers clearly but they went heavy with the 13 personnel Bodden was out there ruckert was out there didn't see like any Michael hardman and honestly has zero offensive snaps he didn't, didn't see any. any hardman we saw some Cobb, but I will say after Xavier Gibson's running it back and there's no Rodgers out there, it's like I might, I might give Xavier Gibson some a lot more run with this offense just because he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, what would you make of the Jets' personnel usage? Yeah, it was interesting. I'd be curious to know how that compares to what they plan to do with Rodgers. But, uh, I mean, with Zach Wilson in there, I guess, you know, they didn't game plan for him. He didn't practice with the first team. I guess they wanted to just, you know, go heavy, run the football and create opportunities for play action, which I think they could have done a little more play action. Maybe they'll work some more of that into the into the game plan with a full week of preparation. Uh, so, I mean, But we did see this coming. We did think that there was a high likelihood they were going to do a lot of 12 personnel. Uh, specifically that. The three tight ends, maybe not so much, but that was a little bit more than I expected. But uh, based on Hackett's history, what the Packers were doing, like that was always a fixture, so it seemed like they were likely to do that. But um, despite having the tight ends out there a lot, they didn't really throw to them, which was interesting. Uh, well, I think I think they run. They did. Uh, Rogers threw to Conklin, and then you know, then it was Zach out there, and Zach didn't right. really throw to the tight ends all that much last year. But I agree. I think. Uh, sorry, I keep going. Cobb was out there a lot, and he didn't he didn't really get the ball, which was interesting as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how the target distribution plays out now that Zach is in there. I think, yeah, I mean, this offense is going to go as far as, as this running game takes it. You know, if, if the offensive line stays healthy, and by the way, I mean, I, I haven't rewatched any of the All-22 for this game. I've rewatched the highlights, and I, you know, but I'll, I'll probably rewatch it tonight or tomorrow whenever I can stomach the courage. But Becton makes a big difference. I saw him in a number of plays. Um, and this offensive line as a whole looked pretty good in the run game, which is something that we were questioning. We didn't know what it was going to look like because they had some struggles in preseason. They haven't had as much time together. You know, I know Dwayne Brown got off to a bit of a rough start to this game. I, I think maybe some rust there. He didn't play um, all the training camp. He's only practiced the last three weeks. Um, but I think the O-line did pull itself together. Um, and this team is going to go as far as, as the O-line of the running game takes it. And I think that'll create more opportunities for Zach if everybody can stay healthy to play that ground and pound football. And then, like you said, open up that play action game, take the stuff that's underneath. And when defenses load the box, you know, you're going to get that single coverage on Garrett Wilson. And we know that he's, he can beat that. And so we, the jets don't need Zach Wilson to be anything special. They just need, what would you say? Like if you, in terms of top 32 quarterbacks, like where does he have to rank for the jets to be competitive? Like 20, 20th to 22nd. Yeah. If he's in that range, the Jets yeah. is depressing as that sounds. The Jets will win a lot of low-scoring, ugly games with this defense. I mean, this defense creates a lot of big plays, sacks and turnovers. They, you know, play a little bit bend but don't break. They give up some yards, but they're tough in the red zone. They're tough on the plus side of the 50. So teams will get some field goals. Maybe they'll get a touchdown here or there. But 
make no mistake about it. I think a lot of people are criticizing Josh Allen and wondering about regression or whatnot. It's just like, no, this Jets defense is just for real. And I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to struggle with them. I, I know Dallas next week, they just dropped 40 on the Giants. And, you know, I think the Jets are definite underdogs in that game. I'm, I don't think I'll be picking the Jets in that game. But it will not surprise me if Dallas struggles against this Jets defense. I think every single week this defense is going to keep them in it. And so it's just about getting 20th ranked quarterback play out of Zach Wilson. And we'll see we'll see what they do because I, I do think they'll make a move. I wonder how aggressive they'll be in terms of, you know, the trade market. I think the two guys that stand out to me on the trade market are probably Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew. Uh, free agent-wise, Carson Wentz, he has the connection to, to Joe Douglas. Matt Ryan's out there. People float out Tom Brady. I would call him. But 46-year-old Tom Brady's not coming to play for the Jets, especially a day after getting inducted into the, the uh, Patriots Ring of Honor. Right. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the team and get out of here, but I guess just since we're on it briefly, are there any – have you looked into any veteran quarterbacks? Is there anybody out there that – Teddy Bridgewater? Is there anybody that's like, all right, they can play this, manage the game, trust the defense run game, and at least have them behind Zach, and then at the bye, if you want to make the change, you can do it. Uh, well, I mean, I, personally, I would make a type of move to where I'm pursuing someone to have them start because I, as I've, I, as much as I'm trying to be optimistic about Zach, I'm, I definitely don't believe he's going to be the guy who can lead them to the playoffs this year. So that's what I would do. But I feel like they're just going to make a you know low-tier signing to be the backup above oil, like a Colt McCoy or something like that. I, I feel like it's going to be something no, boring. I, th- I think it should like be like that. But um, who I, do you think? I think it'll be Carson Wentz, honestly. You think so? I think so. I mean, we'll see about uh, – there's been some questions about him as a leader. So Douglas will know a lot more about that. But I just looking at his stats, I'm not going to pretend I've watched too much Carson Wentz film. Uh, I mean, clearly not ideal. This is not, you know – I think the thing with Wentz is I think he just gives you a little bit higher of a ceiling than a guy like Colt McCoy. He's a free agent. You know, he had a bad year with Washington the year before, you know, last year. But then going back to Indy, it's, he, still, he still threw like 27 touchdowns, I believe. And then, you know, it's look, it's demoralizing. I mean, I like Wentz, there, there's a ceiling there. But, um, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the type of thing I'd be into because he has a ceiling. Like, I think if you get one of these, you know, boring – veteran backups like whoever you want to pick i think you know maybe they raise the floor versus zach wilson but i mean this this is just such a good team to where i would almost prefer to just stick with zach and see if he could tap into the ceiling because you know like they're you're only going to go so far with you know like we said the mid-level quarterback play so i i think this team is outside the quarterback definitely championship caliber so give me if we're going to change the quarterback i'd rather get like a carson wentz who has shown you that he can be the backbone of a super bowl team even if it was a long time ago yeah it the possibility does exist there is some potential for him to be more than just i'll check the ball down for you and like we know the downsides but like this is the situation we're in so the we're only trying to pick the best option and we'll be honest i haven't i haven't thought about this all that much so we'll run through a different number of guys here but like I have thought about it, I guess not too deeply and broken it all down. I guess the thing with Wentz is the turnover issue, and I think part of the reason you would make the switch from Wilson is because you want to get a guy who's just going to protect the football. So I do think, you know, there's the lower ceiling but higher floor vets. I wonder what Matt Ryan's up to, although he did not look all that good last year, but I do think that's potentially an option. If they go the trade route, I think Jacoby Brissett 
or Minshew are, are the most intriguing options. I've mentioned Bridgewater. Um, another one's Cooper Rush. You know, I know he's he's younger, but he did go four and one with Dallas last year and leaned on a good defense and good run game. Um, I do think they're going to bring in somebody. I don't know exactly who it's going to be, but I do expect them to bring in somebody just so they have something to turn to at the bye week if it's not going well and Zach is really crapping the bed. You know, we'll see how confident they are in Tim Boyle. I thought he looked actually pretty good in the preseason. I know he got off to a rough start and the fans seemed to turn on him. And again, we're talking about Tim Boyle here, but you know, he looked pretty damn good in that Giants game. He's been in this offense for a number of years and I do trust him a little bit more than some of the options that are out there. I guess Jameis Winston is another guy. It's just it's Winston is intriguing to me. I kind of like that. Do you do? There's just upside. I I know he's very turnover prone, so he wouldn't give us anything different than what we're used to in that area. But I mean, if you want someone who's going to feed Garrett Wilson and give him shots down the field, I think you have your guy. Man, three days or yesterday at this time, 24 hours ago, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, the Jets being Super Bowl contenders. (laughs) 24 hours later, we're talking about Jameis Winston. Carson Wentz. Uh, any of those trade guys sound intriguing to you? I know you were you were kind of high on Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, Cooper Rush. Um, any of those guys? I know I mean, Brissett is kind of like the high floor type of guy, right? Protect the ball. I mean, if you want to maximize your odds of getting to the playoffs, I think Brissett is a really good guy to look at because, like, he's a very solid floor. He's shown his whole career very low interception rate, but also very consistently just does not push the ball down the field. So I think you know exactly what he would give you. I think it just depends on how does that compare to what Zach is giving you? Because if Zach can show a similar floor, then, you know, you'd rather just roll with him and have the continuity in the ceiling. But if, you know, Zach is still very erratic and having, you know, those multi turnover games, then maybe they just want the guy like, all right, let's stabilize the quarterback position. Let's try and make the playoffs and just get some, good momentum going with this team then a, a guy like Brissett could make sense so I, I do like Brissett but but man you're right <laughs> just 24 hours 24 hours ago Aaron Rodgers was toting the American flag into MetLife Stadium going crazy and now here we are talking about Gardner Minshew man it's just not fair being a Jets fan ugh a lot of things in life aren't fair. That's though, true. So. That's true. We're that's 1-0, the way of life. Place in the division. Let's roll. Constant Let's roll. setbacks. You're right. We are one and on the division. I do think this defense is going to have him in every game. And who knows? I do think I do believe that Zach will be better than he was last year. And they were able to win games with this formula. And I think this team is only better. We'll see if QB coach slash OC Aaron Rodgers can milk the best out of of, of Zach Wilson. But until we uh, until we see it, it's hard to, to believe it. I mean, I, I do think Zach deserves credit for what he did last night. Uh, let's talk about a few other things from last night, and then, then we'll get out of here. And then, you know, on Friday's podcast, we'll break down Dallas and, and probably have a little bit more on some of the free agent quarterbacks or, you know, maybe they'll have already made a move by then. Um, I guess we could start with the defense, I guess. I mean, I, we kind of touched on Brees Hall, but we were kind of in, in joke mode then. Is there anything else we want to add on, on how impressive – he was last uh, last night. No, I think I mostly touched on it. I know we were in joke mode, but I was kind of saying my real thoughts. I mean, I feel like we saw, you know, the explosiveness and the cutting ability, also some great vision, especially that first run, the patience to let that develop. Uh, he looked really good in a lot of aspects. Definitely, just I think the one run showed that you know there's a reason he's on a pitch count right now, 
and he'll he'll take a little time to ramp up. But it's exciting to think about if this is where he's at right now. Just imagine where he could be with with some more games under his belt. Um. All right. Let's start. Oh, any any thoughts on Dalvin Cook? His debut. I know you mentioned it briefly, but again, I thought, you know, some of the things that you talked about did pop up, but also I thought he was a nice change of pace for for Brees. Yeah, I mean, there were some good flashes. Overall, his rushing wasn't as close to as efficient as Brees. I think he had like two and a half yards per carry or something, but some of those plays weren't well blocked. Um, Yeah, you saw some glimpses of the speed. They got him involved in the passing game a little bit. Uh, Just between both guys, I think you're able to see, like, regardless of who's getting the ball, it feels like you always have a home run threat out there. That's the feeling that I got watching that. So I think that's, what's really exciting. And that's what this offense is even more so going to need now, because like right now, until Zach shows it, you don't believe that the passing game is a big home run threat. So to have that in the ground game can, you know, like such as the, the run that Brees gave you, like he put points on the board with that single play, despite the jets doing nothing else on the whole drive. You need to have, plays like that out of your run game to uh, to carry an offense like this that has a lot of questions in the passing game. All right, let's talk about the defense. Uh, I did mention Jordan Whitehead. He was unbelievable last night. The other guy who really flashed me uh, watching that was Quincy Williams because he was yeah. already maybe the fastest guy in the field, at the very least the fastest linebacker the Jets have. But you can see that the comfort level in this system and him maturing as, as a player and as a leader, as a veteran um, – it's paid dividends. I mean, Sala and Ulbrich know how to develop linebackers, and he's playing without thinking, and he's turning into the Jets' version of a, of a Matt Milano. He's not he's not there yet, but in terms of a uber-athletic pass-coverage linebacker flying across the field, taking away things uh, underneath, I thought I thought Quincy Williams really, really stood out to me, and he was flying around there. I mean, obviously the defensive line, I was hoping that they weren't going to – they couldn't get the pressure at the end of the game. Um, when, when the Bills were driving um, and, and the Bills were able to tie it up. But as a whole, this defensive line was unbelievable. I mean, Jermaine Johnson looks like a star. Quinn Williams, we already know, is a superstar. And across the board, I mean, th- this rotation is really the, the the pillar of this team. I mean, the fact that they're 10 deep, they can constantly rotate guys is a little surprising. They didn't even have Carl Lawson out there. Um, so, yeah, what did you make of, of the defensive line? And I guess the defense as a whole, we can kind of break down and then and get out of here. Yeah, well, first, Quincy. I mean, I just remember this play, a sneaky big play in this game. Um, you remember that pass deflection he had on the the shot to the end zone to James Cook near the end of the second quarter? That was, that's a huge play in hindsight. I mean, I think most of us were just kind of checked out at that point. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember Pointing our faces at the field, but not really processing what we were looking at. Um but I, I, I had to just check the play-by-play to see where it was. I remembered it, but I didn't remember where it was. But it was the second and 13, 34 seconds in the second quarter. That was a very close to a touchdown, but he got his hand up at the last second and deflected it, and the Bills kicked a field goal there a couple seconds instead of the touchdown. So that turned out to be massive in the end. Uh, so there was that play. He had the huge hit on, I think it was also Cook, in the flat to save that first down to force the third down stop at that one point in the second half so I mean, yeah he was really good and he's you know the biggest thing is the consistency I don't really remember any missed tackles from him um and he, he made all those plays and was doing it efficiently without like okay here's a big highlight but then here's a whiff that makes up for it it was all positive from him I felt like so 
really good game from Quincy. And if, if he can maintain that development throughout the season, I mean, that's huge for the defense to just take them up to a whole nother level compared to where they were last year, especially in the run game. I think, you know, the run defense was good last year, but it can be even more dominant. I think Quincy can be a big part of leading that and in coverage too, with the, you know, play I mentioned to cook, you know, defending running backs and tight ends last year was the, you know, bigger issue than wide receivers because the corners were so good. But uh, if Quincy's going to make plays like that, then you can feel even better about that part of your defense as well. So yeah, good call out on Quincy. He had a great game. It kind of flew under the radar because of Whitehead and the pass rush, but he was excellent. Um, Looking at the pass rush, I mean, they didn't, you know, maybe didn't finish as many sacks as you would like, and they couldn't get the, you know, the stop at the end in the fourth quarter. But the overall pressure was yeah, can't fantastic. Fault them. Like, they're really consistent with the pressure. JFM, I think, had eight pressures in this game, which it was kind of quiet because he didn't really have – he had the one sack, I believe. Um, but, you know, didn't really have any huge, like, noticeable pressures, but he's just constantly in there causing havoc. And in this particular game, flushing Josh Allen out of the pocket was a good thing because he was not making good plays on the move. I mean, usually you want to contain him and not allow him to use, use his legs, get outside the pocket. But in this game where he's just chucking up prayers, the whole game, the pressure was a very positive thing to force him outside of the pocket because he was just not making good decisions. So the pressure was huge in making Josh Allen uncomfortable and forcing him into some really bad decisions. But Aquinnon, I think at five pressures, JJ had, three i believe so like everyone's getting involved tough four so a lot of guys getting involved in that pass rush i thought quentin was making some noise on the inside too quentin jefferson so like they so many weapons in this pass rush and we didn't even see much from will mcdonald yet he played some snaps but didn't make too much noise from what i remember but um even without him making noise yet without carl lawson still bringing that pressure against a really good uh, bills offense any thoughts on, on your boy Tony Adams? I think he got off to a bit of a tough start, but I mean, it's, it's tough without rewatching. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I do remember a couple misses in the beginning of the game, but like what, what I'll give him credit for is at the end of the day, the Bills didn't hit any deep shots down. The that was middle. the thing we Obviously, talked about. Had, right, exactly. Like one of the big keys. You know, this is a young safety going up against a, an elite vertical passing team, and you know Whitehead obviously made the picks and. You know, like his game speaks for itself. Like he was Ed Reed in this game for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Tony Adams, like give him credit too, because like it, you know, it goes both ways. Even if you're not making the interceptions, just to have the communication and the discipline to play your assignment and take away those deep throws is a, a credit to the whole defense. And Tony Adams being the, uh, you know, free safety back there is playing a huge role in that. So even when outside the interceptions, just the fact that the Bills rarely even targeted those deep shots down the field. And you know they wanted to coming into this game because you look at the Jets secondary. I don't want to target Sauce or Reed. I want to go after the young free safety with two starts. That's definitely who they want to go after. But, you know, he was disciplined enough to take those shots away. And, and the pressure also contributes to taking that away. But I think Adams deserves credit for, you know, holding his own and, not being exposed in this game. All right, Michael. I think that's it for now. Still still processing what, what the hell just happened. Don't think I'm still just waiting to wake up, honestly. Um you can follow us at TYJ Pod on Twitter, Michael, Michael underscore Nania, myself, Ben W. Blessington. Go to jetsxfactor.com, best place to go for Jets content. Um please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and 
Check out the Jets X Factor YouTube. I think that's going to do it for us, Michael. Last thoughts? Um, I've been, like I said, I've been trying to find some something profound to say about all this because, like, I feel, I feel like I want to have more to say than what everyone else is saying because everyone feels the same thing, and you know, we're all just trying to talk our way through it and process it and all that. So I wish I had something better to say, but I really don't. It just, it just hurts. But you gotta. Got to move on, as with anything. So I'm, um, I'm trying to stay optimistic. I, I love so many aspects of this team, and this roster. I think they, they still have so much potential. So, looking at that one and zero and the standings, and trying to build off of that. So, very Cowboys are a great test coming off of this. I mean, you could, with the way they beat down the Giants last week, you could hardly ask for a better measuring stick to see where this Jets team is at without Aaron Rodgers. So it's gonna, gonna be an interesting game. For sure, but, uh, oh, but yeah, I, I I don't know everyone. I would just say keep your head up. Like maybe I'm not the one to be saying this because you looked at me moping the whole game yeah. yesterday. But uh, that, that's usually how I am. Like I'll be all depressed during a game, but then after that, I collect my thoughts. I'm like, all right, let, let's keep our heads. Up. I'm kind of the opposite. I was I was keeping it light during the game. I, I think yeah. at one point I just started laughing. I was like, oh, and then this morning I woken up and I'm just like, oh my god, can't believe it. But like you said, I gotta say though that that moment where Gibson scored that touchdown, though that regardless of what happens the rest of the season, what happened earlier in that game, that's yeah, all. We didn't really talk about it. Favorite moments. As yeah, I think yeah, maybe we should have maybe, insane. Maybe we should have touched on that more. I think you know this team just deserves so much credit for the way that they rallied. It was clearly an emotional victory because you all know that they went in at halftime and they're all like, "It's the Achilles. It's not good." So if imagine you know, I just think about the veterans that have come in. You know, the Dwayne Browns, the Al Woods, the Quentin Jeffersons. I mean, Brown was emotional after the game. Cobb, Lazar, all these guys that have come in, all these guys that have been here. There was just so much excitement. And they're just sitting there on the bench just feeling like absolutely gutted. As bad as we feel, I I do feel for for the players. And the fact that this team didn't just get blown out. Because that would be – that was what I was expecting to happen. I was like, all right, Rodgers is out. And how the Jets are going to get the shit kicked out of him. And it's just the most nightmare – um, tri- I mean, this trip in general out to New York. From, I, we when I was coming out to, to New York, there was a thunderstorm like 20 minutes away from New York, so we got diverted to Harrisburg, PA. We were there for like six hours. The next day, we we're gonna go to Yankees game. We're there, and it's raining for like four hours. That gets delayed, so we only catch the last few innings of that game. And then I'm trying to think. There was a few other things. Oh, and then I guess to, for the game, I mean, when we were waiting, and there's like lightning, and it's just dumping onto the MetLife turf. I was yeah. like. Man, this this might be the trip from hell, and of course it probably still is. But the fact that this Jets team rallied and and like you said, I mean, it got loud in there at the end of that game. People were fans definitely got back into it. I was still just trying to be like, okay, it's just an ankle sprain. He'll be out four weeks. Just win this game right now. But I agree. I mean, the fact that the undrafted rookies, Xavier Gibson, house call, um, we we were talking about it before the game too. Is like, oh, I wonder if Xavier Gibson can run one back. I mean. Then and I literally I think I said it right before, or the people the person I was with actually said it right before he punted was just like, "All right, Xavier Gibson, run this back." And then just seeing him break down the sideline right towards us, I mean, I agree that was that was a special moment and a, an emotional win. And you know, the intro with Rogers was electric. The atmosphere is great, but uh, I think this team yeah. will always be, especially if Rogers never plays again. This team will always be a, a huge what if, you know, just because I think they're so damn good. And so now the, the goal shifts to make the playoffs, you know, make strides as a team, 
hopefully get Rodgers back next year, and then 2024, that's that's your year to, to really push for the Super Bowl. And, and I think Salah deserves, and the whole coaching staff deserves so much credit for this game because like this was the antithesis of all those Jets games we've seen over the years where people criticize the coaches for saying, this team is no hard, they have no fight, they're sleepwalking out there. All those criticisms, this was the complete opposite of that. This was a situation where the team had every right to be those things, but they were the complete opposite. So I think this is a game where you have to tip your cap to Coach Sala and the whole staff so much for you know, having these guys keep their heads up and go out there and not only not get down after Rodgers' injury, but just fight even harder and make a comeback in the second half when they had every reason to believe that they weren't wouldn't be able to do that, but they did. So I think this is a huge stock raiser for Salah and the coaching staff, and it's a positive thing to you know for fans to feel going forward that you know regardless of what happens, hopefully we have our coach, we have our culture, and all those things like that. So let's hope to see some more wins like this throughout the season. Like winning when you shouldn't is a big thing to be consistently competitive on a yearly basis. Like I think the the Titans are a really good example of that because like they've dealt with so many injuries over the years. They don't have the greatest quarterback, but every year they're in that playoff conversation because I think Brable's an amazing coach and the Titans are a team that always plays hard and they compete and stuff like that. And that's how you establish a floor and consistency. And then hopefully you find the talent and you can get over the top and win, which, you know, Tennessee hasn't been able to do, but I just think they're a really good example of, you know, that culture you want to establish. And, and there are other, you know, teams that do have the talent and they've been able to win consistently, but um, Jets are still trying to get to that point. And I think wins like this help you get there. So uh, huge credit to Sala. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back on Friday. Record the Dallas Cowboys preview pod on Thursday. We'll see. Is there any news on uh, new quarterback additions? But I think regardless, it's going to be the Zach Wilson show for at least the next few weeks. So, Buckle in. We're back in uh, 2022, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but don't count the Jets out. This defense will keep them in uh, literally every single game. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Just try to I – don't, I don't know what advice I can give you. I guess the only advice I would say is if you have any friends who are giving you guff, texting you about making fun of the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, go ahead and block them. They're not real friends. All right. We're done. See ya.